Mastermind.fm is proudly sponsored by LiquidWeb. While LiquidWeb has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options, it's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support, LiquidWeb is the partner you've been waiting for. Now with Visual Compare, at first in the managed WordPress space, automatically updates your plugins. Each night we take a snapshot and visually compare the difference between each plugin. If there's no visual difference, we update the plugin for you. If there is a visual difference, we hold off updating that plugin and wait for your direction. Every LiquidWeb managed WordPress customer also has iTheme Sync integrated into their management portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. And if you sign up today using the discount code MASTERMIND33, you'll get 33% off for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com forward slash managed WordPress to get started. Hello everyone, welcome to mastermind.fm. Today we're going to try a new kind of episode where we have a guest who's going to be talking about their service and then we'll give them feedback from our end and discuss any doubts or questions that they have. And so today we have Dino from roundcloud.io who will be introducing himself shortly and then we'll just go right into feedback about his service. So Dino, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Izudin Ismail and um, you can call me Dino if you like. It's a lot easier to pronounce just like uh, uh, John did. (laughs) And uh, I'm from roundcloud.io. So I think this thing actually started um, when I contacted um, you right yeah. um, about um, this service that we just launched actually run cloud I just launched this January and what I was looking for uh, initially was just some advice or some pointers on how we could um, start it out or kickstart this um, this service better so you suggested that we do this podcast kind of like a um, a live consultation for for me so I think that's really really cool and thank you for doing this so I guess about RunCloud.io, what it is, is like it's a web panel for your servers on the cloud. Like uh, you can have your servers, your VPS, uh, cloud hosting from anywhere like DigitalOcean, AWS, Vulture, Linode, and all of those. And what RunCloud.io does, it helps you in deploying and then configuring and managing and also later in monitoring your servers no matter where they are. So instead of spending hours to set up your lab stack, your Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP, it can take as little as 30 minutes and you can have um, your server ready to deploy any kind of web application, any kind of PHP, mostly PHP web application, whether it's um, WordPress or um, Laravel or any frameworks. So with RunCloud.io, you can just log into there, see your dashboard panel, see your servers, and everything is in one place. Mm-hmm. So that is RunCloud.io. All right. So maybe you can talk about where the idea came from, first of all. So initially, like about a year ago, we had this other product that we wanted to launch. It was called uh, Whoop, W-H-O-P, which kind of like similar, but it was more um, targeted towards web hosting company, kind of like going to be competing with things like cPanel and WHM and stuff like that, if, if you know what that is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, just in case, like uh, some who may or may not be familiar, it's like yeah. when you get a shared hosting account and you get that uh, um, control panel, right? So, but that is mostly... Um, the shared hosting company, the web hosting company is the one um, paying for it and um, passing it over to their 
um, clients, yeah, customers to use it. But somehow we feel we felt like it was much more uh, a challenging market to be in with also with with competitors like uh, C Panel and and. Um, Plask and stuff like that. They are more established in the marketplace and we're just a new uh, startup with uh, very little money to spend. And uh, and then we looked at some other products that were in the market. Um, I don't mind mentioning it. It's like uh, there's others like us are like um, serverpilot.io mm-hmm. and also maybe Laravel Forge, which both are really awesome products. But I believe we do have our own competitive edge um, in terms of what we bring to the market. But anyway, looking at that, uh, I believe that kind of um, product and services, which targeted, which mostly targets the programmers themselves, are still very new. And I think we still have a chance in uh, making it in, in that market. So we spent the, the last one year um, changing things up a little bit to make it fit into this market rather than going into the um, shared hosting control panel. All right. So I, I just wanted to say that uh, we we are kind of like a we are mostly PHP programmers ourselves. Uh, myself and uh, uh, my, our core developer Fikri is um, very into Laravel and PHP and Codeniter. We also use WordPress a lot in our yeah daily blogging and whatnot. So uh, having to develop and I mean like deploy servers again and again and again. It, it, it normally takes hours when you want to set up your Apache or uh, MySQL PHP and all those. So we just at, um, it's it's easy it's easy for us when we have something like that something like this, and I'm sure that it's going to be easy for others as well. Mm-hmm. So actually, it was server pilot. So I'm a bit familiar with with that. Mm. Uh, but for our audience who might not be familiar at all with this kind of uh, panels and perhaps they would only be familiar with shared hosting as you mentioned so mm-hmm. i guess they might not be understanding why we need such panels at all you know maybe they don't they've never set up anything themselves they just bought shared hosting put on their wordpress site and that's it so maybe you could give us some real good example of someone who would need such a service. Maybe maybe related to WordPress, maybe not. Better if it's related to WordPress, I guess, but go ahead. Thank you. I think when we developed it, it's mostly focused for PHP programmers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we, f- we feel like there's a lot of PHP programmers around the world. It's a, a big enough market. And uh, with, with the likes of DigitalOcean and Linode and Vulture and even Amazon itself coming up with uh, Amazon Light Sale, which is kind of like a, a something to compete more with the likes of DigitalOcean. I think VPS hosting and cloud hosting are becoming more and more affordable. And I do believe that a lot of programmers really want to get into that when deploying their applications and their services with PHP. But uh, for some, it could be kind of like a, a, big, a huge jump. You see, from where they are, where they're used to shared hosting, where they're used to cPanel, and now they want to deploy on DigitalOcean, for example, a cloud hosting provider. Mm-hmm. Now they would have to learn about Linux and, and um, right. this command, that command, and whatnot. So uh, RunCloud comes in to make that a lot easier. So, right. uh, of course, initially we, we, uh, we targeted uh, PHP programmers, but I also believe like... Um, those are familiar or very into 
um, WordPress, for example, or maybe even other CMS, PHP-based mostly, can benefit from this when they want, um, when they feel like the shared hosting is not, it's not enough. They feel like they've grown, outgrown the the shared hosting, and they want to jump into um, using services like DigitalOcean and AWS, but lacking the skills or doesn't really have the time to learn all the um, Linux stuff. So we actually published uh, a post a while back. It was um, like a bit controversial. It was entitled, I believe, something like web hosting is dead. And the whole oh. premise of the article was that with the development of DigitalOcean and services like Server Pilot and your own service, it's becoming very easy for someone to just set up their own stuff rather than rely on a traditional web host. Mm-hmm. And perhaps uh, we can talk about that topic as well in this show. So I think that even if you don't have like a PHP app, it could, could, call, it could also be uh, a simple WordPress site that you use DigitalOcean for. So maybe you will be seeing more of a transition from people who are paying those 30 40 $50 a month to mm-hmm. host like WP Engine and other hosts and transitioning mm-hmm. into DigitalOcean, Linode, and all the others. And I mm-hmm. think the point you mentioned about making it easy is the crucial point, because if it's not easy enough, people will not want to make the change. And so I think if you manage to explain to people that it's easy, there will be a huge potential there. Mm-hmm. I think James has some feedback, so... I want to try to, to to frame this for our listeners too. Uh, see if we can capture your customer a little more clearly too. In that, like for me as a business owner, and I used to do a lot of server stuff. I was a server admin at a previous employ, uh, employment uh, where I handled all of our Linux servers and and all of our external sites, our inter and our intranet, and I maintained all of that stuff. Um, and that was fun as a, as a tinker and as somebody who that was my role at, at the company. And then as I became a business owner of my own, I have a product that I'm selling. I determined I don't want to deal with the server anymore. Like I don't care about, I just want the server to run. I want, and so, you, you know, the, you have these crop ups of, especially the, the higher market, like the Pagely's, the, the managed WordPress hosts where they just take care of that. And I don't have to think about what the underlying software and server software is. But even on my team, I have people who still want control. They want the control over those little elements of their server. And so they're big into the idea of you know, having their own space, installing Plesk and all, or whatever, and, and kind of controlling the server and being able to spin up into other environments and do all this stuff. Although that doesn't necessarily work as well in the cloud, which is I, seemingly what your, your service helps do, is it lets you take all of that kind of functionality and control that they're used to, but makes it super easy to do that in a, in a cloud environment like AWS or Linode or all of these other services. So that they can, those people who want to tinker, who want to have control, but perhaps don't want to go through the headache of the initial setup of Mm -hmm. getting PHP running, getting MySQL running, getting Apache or Nginx or any of these things, getting all of this stuff running, they can kind of deploy it, get it done fast, and then they can tinker and tweak and fine tune as they watch the resources of their system. Am I, is that... Is that a fair uh, assessment of the type of person who's probably using your service? Yeah, I think that's that's um, exactly it. <laughs> okay, all right, good. <laughs> uh, uh, that that helps me. That that helps me as we carry on this conversation, because um, that's a perfect example of where like I may not be your targeted customer because 
I don't want as a as a product owner, I don't want to worry about the server that my e-commerce store is on. I just want somebody else to take care of that, make sure that's mm-hmm. always running. Um, although if I were running, for instance, a and and someday will be, if I were running a SaaS application, I may want a whole lot more control and tinkering of the server and and making adjustments, especially as I'm trying to make sure this thing scales and 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 being able to watch those resources on a granular level so that I can adjust as I go. So I can see where that transition may come for somebody. So many of us who are in the WordPress space who are selling products and have not yet gotten to the point where we're transitioning but are thinking about transitioning to SaaS, this seems like an easy stepping stone to start building out a a home our own little kind of corner uh, for our SaaS applications to start testing those models and 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 controlling those servers so when you emailed me you had some like specific questions that you also wanted feedback about so perhaps we can like maybe not not those specific questions because it's been a while now but maybe have some things that you'd like feedback specifically on or whether you're wondering whether you're doing the right thing so just fire away and we'll try to give you the best feedback we can so there are five of us right now so one guy is the, uh, doing a lot of the um he's, he's the ceo uh, my, my partner Arif Tukiman, and uh, our lead developer is um Vikri. he designs uh, almost everything and we have another guy on support ami and uh, another um, designer who does who assists everything with everything else, and then there's that's me. So my role is mostly on um, getting the word out there. So what? thinking about content marketing and whatnot. So we have a blog, but the blog is very um, before I came in. I just started this about a month ago, and before I came in, the blog is very technical. So we don't share uh, about how how shall I put it like. Uh, what's there is mostly about how do you install WordPress with RunCloud, how do you install, um, how do you deploy on Linode, how do you install on Vulture and stuff like that. Uh, but what I uh, suggested what we do was that to do to do some content marketing to get the word out there about our services. So we are five months in and my initial idea was to do something like um, influencer marketing, something like that, um, guest posting. But actually it's, it is a lot harder than it sounds. Like you're trying to approach more and more bloggers, related bloggers, tech bloggers and pitched article article ideas right and and all those and i don't know maybe not even five percent are really responding to you so that's my initial idea and then uh, we, we we got a few like i think uh we have one article <laughs> successfully being put out there after approaching quite a number and uh what we're doing now we have we all i started out a show similar like this one but more towards interviewing php programmers so uh We'll be releasing our third episode soon. So basically, yeah, that's it. So I just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing and or if there's anything else that maybe that we can do, things that we can do to uh, get RunCloud off the ground. Yeah. uh, So, you know, looking over your website, I have a few things that that I'd bring up. First of all, uh, just looking over your blog and stuff, it looks like you're starting to head in, in the right direction. I love the idea of the RunCloud show. 
uh, getting other PHP grant programmers kind of talking and discussing using services like this, what they're building, how they're using it, um, building building that audience of people who are most likely to be interacting with a service like yours is is important. So I love the idea of the Run Cloud Show. Uh, definitely would love to see more stories uh, about your customers, uh, showcasing perhaps apps that are being built and deployed in your service. Um, that would be a great showcase way to show people how they're using your your product and and succeeding with it uh, and using it to and it may be it's how they're start you know how they're getting from zero to you know actually taking customers and and getting that app maybe it's talking about how they're using it to get a proof of concept out as quickly as possible so people are testing and they're getting that feedback so they're kind of uh, getting some of that data in stuff like that. Uh, on the main site, one of the things that I would I uh, would notice I, I did notice as I was reading through uh, the content's really good. Uh, it gives a clear picture of what the application is, what the application does. Uh, there are some portions that you can that it's it's easy to tell that it wasn't written by a English speaker first. Um, so there's some some typos, some grammar issues, either a plural where it should be a singular or singular where it should be a plural, things like that. I would definitely recommend doing kind of an audit of the content just to make sure that it's uh, concise and saying what you want, uh, some things like that. Uh, but as far as the blog content, uh, yeah, I mean, that's as far as content marketing, it's finding those uh, connections, those connecting points to the to your customer, finding out where they're talking and getting there, right? Getting your content in front of them. And so, I like I said, I like the idea of the show a little bit. Uh, I think that's a good call. I'd also say, who are your, uh, and we've talked about this in a previous episode uh, heavily, and who are the influ influencers in your space? Like finding out who are the, you know, five to 10 influencers and getting them. You don't have to win over all of your customers. You just have to win over five to 10 people who will win your customers over, if that makes sense. And if they start talking about you and they're excited about what you're doing, uh, you know, it, it becomes much easier for you to get in front of those people. So that would be kind of my, I think my starting uh, advice is looking over the content is kind of tighten up the copy uh, and uh, keep doing some of the stuff that I see you've just started in the blog as I was looking through just the light, like the latest blogs. Keep doing more of that type of content. The biggest mistake most of us make in product spaces and service spaces is our blogs get end up being just filled with release notes. And yeah, we yeah. just end up talking about here's our change log and here's all the new features we've added and here's all the bugs we fixed. And that doesn't tell a compelling story that people want to engage with you as a company. But what does is stories of people actually succeeding, launching cool things, doing cool things that are, are you know, telling, uh, telling a thoughtful story. Those types of things connect and they see what happens is people start to see themselves in that content and go, that could be me. I have an idea. I had that idea and I didn't act on it, but I have 10 others that I've been sitting on and I need to move forward because this person is succeeding because they've actually taken that step. And those stories uh, drive us and excite us as I think entrepreneurs. And as you tell those stories on your blog and you get those stories out to those influencers about your service, I think that helps to uh, spread your content very quickly. So those are those are a few just off the off the cuff looking at your site that I would recommend. Yeah, thanks. I'm taking note on those on those and uh, very valuable insight. Thank you. You're I welcome. would like mirror the same thing with regards to the copy and and the blog. I would also suggest that you separate things because obviously, like 
run cloud agent update 2.0.1 means nothing to me. What I re want to read about as a prospective customer is perhaps seeing the shows or learning more about why I can use or how I can use RunCloud. I think the biggest thing you can do to grow this business is to actually work on convincing people who might not be that technical on how and why they would want to use RunCloud and DigitalOcean. So for me, as I'm not that technical right now, I need to get excited about this, you know. And if you do a good job via the blog or appearing on shows or podcasts, um, get some people who are not technical excited about using this kind of technology, I think that will be the best thing you can do right now. So you're, you're saying that um, uh, to have a separate blog for RunCloud Show? I think that would be a good idea. But for sure, you need to separate the updates from the, mm -hmm. the rest of the posts. Mm, yeah. Okay. There's a few ways you can do that, right? You you have your categories over mm -hmm. to the right-hand side. I would look at making thing, those <clears throat> those sections more predominant at the top in your header instead of as an afterthought on the side. They should become part of your main navigation of your blog. And so that way, changelog doesn't have to take such a dominant role. It can still be in the natural role of your feed and, and such. Uh, but you may also design the posts that are for change logs and downplay them so they don't take so they don't maybe even take up as much space and they're not so pronounced as compared to say the stories of individuals uh, or the show itself so they're just little design tweaks that you can mm -hmm. make that pronounce the content that you really want people to latch on to and downplays the things that you still need to have there because people want need to be able to read that and there's some people who that is what they're looking for you want to make it available, but you don't want it to seem like the highlight, I guess, is, is kind right. of, I think, where Jean's coming from a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, for sure. And if I can add, like I've seen myself lately or in the past year or so, I've gotten excited about things. And what I do typically is sign up to their whatever newsletter or I just try to find their email sign up box. And what I want in that case is to me for me to keep getting these um, blog posts or educational pieces and to, because if I see this right now I kind of after talking to you I'm excited about doing this stuff but I'm not ready yet because I don't understand the technology and everything so what I'd like RunCloud for me to do right now is continue to educate me be it like once a month or once a week uh, uh, an email that I receive with mm -hmm. more information and slowly build build up my confidence so that six months from now or three months from now i'm ready to make the jump and actually buy my digital ocean instance sign up to run cloud and start start playing with it but i think there's a good opportunity to educate people via your content yeah thanks we, we don't have um uh, email marketing into uh, uh integrated into run cloud io yet we thought about it but um at some point we're not really sure um, what kind of content to share in the email itself and <laughs> the newsletter itself, yeah. It could be the, just the blog posts. Yeah, it's a paradox of, of you know, we're, I'll be honest, over at Ninja Forms, we're terrible about our uh, email marketing as well. Um, we collect them, but we don't do a our, our list keeps getting cold because we don't do enough with it. But I think John's right. You send, you send those case studies, you send those user studies to them to just remind them that you exist and that people are doing awesome things with your product, which makes them want to engage it more. I would almost say... Um, I mean, you want people to sign up and so you, you know, you have your connect now and kind of 
get right involved with the product, but it's an easier leap for people to make who are still on the fence to sign up for a newsletter than it is to just start using an application. And so you kind of have to balance that on your on your homepage and decide what is what is more fruitful. If you know, for instance, if you know that the majority of people who come to your site uh, are not going to sign up uh, for your service on the first visit, but they are likely to sign up for your newsletter on the first visit, then that is a better call to action because then you get them into your like you get them. Really, what a newsletter does is it gets gives you permission to into their home, if you will. Because I look at my inbox kind of like my perfect, my private home. And when people have my email address, it's because they've been invited. That's why we hate spam, right? All of us hate spam because it's an invasion into our home. And, and so when somebody gives you their email address, they're inviting you in saying, you know what? I give you permission. Send me email. Let me know what's going on. I want to be reminded. Um, and I think that's always a bigger uh, it's a more of a cognitive leap, I think, or a, more of a jump for me to sign up for a service that I may or may not know that I need yet than to say, tell me more. Tell me more about your service. And there's a number of ways you can do that. So initially you could sign up and you could have a regular newsletter that's about your blog, telling about the show that you have every time you release a new episode, things like that. But you could immediately put them into a drip campaign that sends out two or three emails over the course of a week that that takes them a little bit deeper into what the service offers and and what they end up with in the end. So I wouldn't do just a newsletter. I would send up an initial, you were interested enough to give us your email address. Now let us tell you a little bit more about the product that you you might not have had the time to dig in through our website. And that's where you pick your three to four to you know, I don't. You probably don't want to do too many of these initial emails, but you 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 take two or three, you know, three to four things that are are kind of showstopper. This is what we do. This is how simple it is. And you send those out, you know, every other day, uh, you know, and and that content just kind of reminds them and gets them coming back and reengaging. And I think those end up having a, a huge benefit for a service like yours. Because again, I looked at your service and I, I read through it. And, and for, uh, initially, it took me a little while before I really wrapped my head around, which is sad because I'm in this space, but it took me a little while before I wrapped my head around why I would use your service. And then all of a sudden, when it hit, I was like, oh, and now I started having ideas. I was like, well, I wonder if I could use this for this thing that I'm doing on the mm -hmm. side. It's just a little side project. But, you know, for a, a, a perfect example is I take all of our sales data from our products and I send them to a different server where I can have a different database structure to store that data so it's better to query and do reporting on. This is this would be a perfect example of a use for your service where I could easily create a custom database, custom PHP endpoints to listen for these this these calls, uh, accept that JSON, stick it into a database, and have a reporting system. And right now I'm doing it on the same server that I store everything else on in a WordPress install, and and it's not necessarily the best tool for what I'm doing, but yours might actually be. But it took me a while to get there. And I mm. spent more time because we were having you on the show. And so I wanted to dig in a little <laughs> bit deeper. And so I, right. I read a little bit more. But your average person may not dig that deep at first. And they're like, yeah, I'm not that person. Probably not for me. But let me give you my email address because it's interesting. And I want to see what I want to hear more. And then after a week of getting drip emails from you for two to three days uh, of telling me about the service, then the light bulb clicks. And I go, oh, wait a minute. 
I have five applications I could launch on that service right now if I really wanted to. Uh, so that's that's the power of an email marketing campaign, I think, in the initial stage. And then you have plenty of content because you're writing and doing shows regularly. So you can send those out once a week or every other week or do a monthly digest of all the stuff that's happened in the month. You don't have to kill them with tons of emails. In fact, I wouldn't initially. I would do a quick drip campaign of three to four emails, and then maybe a bi-weekly or a monthly newsletter of the content you're already producing. And it does, and it's the goal isn't even to give them all the content, just excerpts to get them to click through back to your site where you have other things that are being showcased. So uh, as far as the email marketing, that would be my advice as far as that. So if you, since you don't have that set up, I would say one of the things you should do right off is set that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, thanks. I think those, those are sure. really good advice. I'm thinking about um yeah what what would be our initial drip campaign would be mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the first four Can the first I just five add something something mm-hmm. else this is really clever I, and for sure it's the first thing I would implement but with regards to the regular emails if you don't have the capacity to write uh, content right now I've encountered a tool which is really cool which is called review and what the what this tool does is basically say you read i guess you read a lot of content related to this niche right every week Mm -hmm. so what review does is basically it allows you to curate content really simply so you just you know put in links and add some stuff of your own but the content is written by someone else so you're Mm -hmm. basically pointing to someone else's content like the best 10 posts in this niche this week but you're adding your uh, feedback or summary of what's being written about and that positions you as a leader in this niche because if i'm reading your created newsletter every week i start to trust you i say yeah. dino mm. knows a lot about this so I, i've got the trust and since this is a new service building the trust is very important and curation mm. is a very good way to do it and a very time effective way to do it yeah so just curate some uh, other news and articles yeah okay. and, and yeah and putting your feedback on them and, and giving your own kind of flavor get, lets you add your voice to it, but you're not having to write full-on content on all of these issues. We did this for a little while uh, on WPNinjas.com. We started doing little uh, roundup posts of either things that were being written by us or in the WordPress community or just everyone on the team, even if it wasn't related specifically to our products. And those went really well for, for quite a while. Um, so that, that, that I think the curated uh, news is also a great resource for, for getting that kind of content going. And, and as far as the, the uh, drip content, I mean, some of it you'll find is just as a part of your main content, right? Like as you go through, you're talking about create, connect, deploy is kind of your three key points in the header of your so unpack those maybe a part if you you know you instead of connect now just as an example i'm not saying to do this specifically but instead of connect now on your homepage, maybe it's sign up for the newsletter to learn more and the first one is talking about creating and, and you break that down the simplicity of creating and connecting to your services and all the different services that you connect to and then finally deploying and launching your web application it could be as simple as a three as a three uh, email steps that just explains the service in greater detail perhaps with some stories included in that to kind of round it out uh it doesn't necessarily have to be that but that would be one way you could go about that right off as far as thinking about what would your initial three or four emails be about um and then of course your last email should be your call to action at that point you're saying okay you've re- you've heard all of this are you ready to are you ready to get started with us uh and if they're not that doesn't necessarily mean they're cold it just means that they're not ready yet you leave them in your normal newsletter but you can move on but if they are 
you can start a whole new thing with them and start a whole new relationship. So yeah, okay, I'm seeing it now. So um, uh, email marketing what is something that we don't have right now. I think the next thing for us to do um, in the next coming weeks is to set it up. And uh, yeah. I'm thinking about how uh, one thing that we can share on our blog itself is about how we set up, set that up with Mautic and something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we do have a blog post about Mautic, but it's very like technical. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and that's a struggle, right? I mean, there are going to yeah. be people people who want the co- the technical content, but mm-hmm. uh, it seems to me since the, your goal is to talk about how it's hassle free and you don't have to be caught up with the technical processes of setting up, you know, techni- you know, very complicated or advanced PHP configurations and things like that. Since that's your goal, you have to find out how to share this content in a non technical way, because that's the point. The point is to be as non technical as possible. Uh, showing how they can how they can build these things out so that they can worry about the code of their application and not have to worry about the code of their server, right? I think mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the draw. Is I'm spending so much time writing code for my for my for my application, I don't want to spend all this time also trying to configure and manage and figure out my server. I want something that's kind of simple to get started with that I can tweak in a in a GUI kind of format and not have to mm-hmm. sit there and write code for all of this stuff or write Linux commands or whatever the case may be. And so so doing that content, showing how to set up those, make those connections and set up those services in the in the, as most of a non-technical way as possible, uh, I think is is definitely a, a win. Yeah, thanks. I think that's that's a lot for um, a lot of information for for us to act on, especially when it comes to marketing and email marketing and whatnot. Um, do we have time for uh, another aspect of the business? Yeah, I, I have, go ahead. Yeah, there's something else I want to ask you guys and your opinion about this. Um, of course, our my, my partner who acts uh, mostly as the CEO, he goes down to tech um, events. So I'm me myself. I'm doing this mostly um, not full time. I'm not full time with with Run Run Cloud. I try to do as much content as I can. Try to get the word out there, especially on the um, on the global internet um, um, space. Uh, but uh, my partner Arif. Uh, where he goes around and he's building interest from um, angel investors and venture capitals and whatnot. And uh, we are also accepted into an SLS program by the government, which is fine. Uh, But I just want to bounce some ideas and see your opinion on VC, non-VC startup. And see, the trouble for us is that when um, the general status, uh, general um, problem with most startup when they are starting out is that they are very low on capital. And uh, especially with uh, software as a service, you charge li- very little, mm-hmm. right? So you get, you get very little revenue, but you have to sustain for a very long time before you really get there. So um, working on your own capital is really hard. But then on the other hand, I've seen startup where um, they take in investment and um, it's it's really is it's a, a huge headache for them along the way. <laughs> yeah, I just I just want to know your opinion on that. Well, Jean probably has a lot more to say about this particular topic. So I'll start off and get my little bit out of the way. Um, I mean, obviously, sometimes you need funding, right? Sometimes you Mm -hmm. just don't have the financial resources and you don't have the runway to take it. But if you can find, I am of the opinion, if there is a way to stay bootstrapped and take your time, even though the growth will be slower in the end, I think, unless, unless your goal is to 
build a company just gets acquired by someone, which that very well may be your goal. And then uh, I, I say, go for it, get all the funding you can and, and, and make it happen. But if your goal is actually to create a business that you stay in and sustain and work in and enjoy and love and flourish and, and grow, uh, I would say I, my recommendation is to stay bootstrapped if you can. Uh, the reason being is when you take in money, you are taking in other interests. Right. Other people have have a stake and an interest in the business, and you don't get to make the decisions that you may not you may want to make because there are other parties' uh, money on the line, and they're going to have input whether you think you like it or not. Yeah. Um. So so my advice is, if you can, if Bootstrap is a possibility. Uh, I would stick with Bootstrap, um, but again, it depends on your end goal. If your goal is to build a business that you're going to stay in, uh, I would I would definitely want to stay bootstrapped. I don't want to give away. It's not about giving away equity per se, uh, mm-hmm. or giving away a portion of your money. It's giving away control uh, of the direction of your company, and that's where my concern is. But that is my very limited and uh, perhaps naive and ignorant two cents on that. So now I'm going to hand it over to John. Well, I think it's just I haven't done any kind of business that was targeted at getting acquired, but I have I I know a lot of friends who did that and did it successfully. I think it's just a different approach. And I think we had an episode about this, James, a while back when when we discussed this kind of conflict that sometimes exists in people's minds between going the startup route or going the bootstrapped route. Personally, I prefer the bootstrapped route. Uh, route because my kind of life and um, business is more of a lifestyle business where I build something that might not be explosive in growth but is enough to sustain me and allow me to live a good life doing what I love doing um, so the priorities are different with with a startup kind of thing you want to grow it as big as possible sell it cash out and you're done you know but in the meantime, you have to work a lot of hours, go really hard on it for a number of years, basically. And I don't like to do that. You know, I like to have a more <laughs> balanced life. So, But obviously, the returns are not that big then in the end. So there's this trade-off. And I think um, the guy from 37 Signals talks a lot about this issue. I forgot what his name is. Uh, DHB, something like that. Um, so that's a good resource to check out for sure. Um I don't know. For me, what I what I actually um, have seen recently is AppSumo. I've been buying a lot of stuff from AppSumo. Mm-hmm. So what they do is basically give a very low price, usually a lifetime price for these services that are monthly. And it's, it's basically a no-brainer deal where if you like whatever is being offered, you're going to buy it. There's no questions because it's usually priced around $39. And that's a no, no-brainer for a lifetime uh, license so if you don't want to go the startup route but you need to get some money to give you a runway of a number of months this might be something you try obviously you're leaving some money on the table because you're giving people a lifetime license but these people are going to help you a lot in defining the product further so they're going to be on your side helping you improve the product there's less expectation from them as well because they're they've really paid only 39 dollars you know so they just want to help mm. you in the end. And that will give you, I think, a good runway for... And, and there are posts which I link up in the in the show notes as well about people who have done this approach and wrote about how much money they actually managed to raise by this campaign and so on and so forth. So that's my feedback. I know, I know it 
perhaps doesn't really give you an answer because I think the answer is really coming, has to come from within, not from someone telling you what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I think in, in the end, um, uh, we need to have a, a meeting with, with our uh, team members and our partners and really, really find out what everybody wants. Yeah. Um, I think that's a fair assessment, right? You guys have to, your team has to determine what are our goals? What are we, what are we really trying to accomplish with, with this? And that will inform uh, probably more than anything else, the next step of where do we get funding? Do we not get funding? Do we maybe take some lower pricing so we can get more customers? Or maybe the, the trick is actually raising our prices because we just more money from fewer people will scale better for us. Um, not knowing the not knowing the metrics and the expense and the overhead of what you're doing, it's hard to, to say for sure, but you know that mm -hmm. those things. And so when you sit down and look at those numbers and say, you know, actually, if we made, you know, $10 more ahead a month, scaling isn't an issue for us and we can take our time and even one customer pays for itself and that's not a big deal and so we just you know we just keep growing from there from that point so i think that would be that's the big conversation you need to have right is as a team what do we want as a partnership as the owners what do we want to get out of this and then from there it's a little easier to start making that decision of funding no funding or whatever yeah and and i thank you for the idea about the um the lifetime membership uh, thingy, something to consider about whether to do it or not to do it. I think one thing um, that we don't have, that we should have, I think, is at least an annual membership or an annual subscription. Right now, we only have a month-to-month -month, uh, subscription. And I think if we at least start to offer an annual membership or maybe um, do a, a promo for that and get the words out there, maybe that could give us a good runway for... Um, a number of months or so to say. No, I think that's a great idea. And I, I would, it's probably something I would implement right away. Choice is always better, right? Having, having some option to anchor next to something else. So having a, so you have kind of your free 15 day trial, mm -hmm. I believe is what you have. And then you have mm -hmm. your, your $10 a month process. Mm -hmm. But what I would probably do is I would raise the monthly and then create an annual that's, that's discounted. So give us the money up front and you'll get less money. So you can almost say $120 a year, but it's, you know, $20 a month. And so they're getting almost a 50% discount for giving you the money up front. And that's, that's, that anchoring helps quite a bit because if they do the math, they're like 50% off. I'm going to go ahead and just give you, you know, what's, you know, in the grand scheme yeah. of things, if you're launching an application, what's $120, right? <laughs> like go for it. It's like, let's, let's do this. So especially if you're going to be playing around with it for a while. So yeah, I would definitely look at, some sort of an annual plan definitely raise the raise perhaps the monthly plan and then anchor that a little bit but that again comes back to crunching those numbers and figuring out mm -hmm. what the, what numbers work for you in your goals and what you're trying to achieve and then once you have that creating those plans gets actually quite a bit easier i have another thing you could try uh, affiliates i don't know if you're doing it yet oh uh, we do have plan for that but uh, we're not really final on the model whether to do um, a, a, a one-month um, commission or two-month commission or do we hold it up after a few months before we release that and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, we're, we're still thinking about uh, the best model to go with that. Right. So, yeah, that that's something that I would definitely look into, especially like for the early adopters they can you can have referrals that's very powerful so someone who signs up if he gets somebody else they'll get 
something in return, right? right? It can be three months. It can be six months for free if you get somebody else. I think it's, that works it's, really well. It's really kind of the Dropbox model, right? If you remember when Dropbox first started yeah. out, the way you got more space is by getting people to sign up for the service. And when right. I got you to sign up, I got an extra you know, gig of space or 200 mega, 100 megabytes or whatever. And all of a sudden, people were getting everyone to sign up because they wanted as much space as they could get, right? It became this kind of viral growth campaign in Dropbox and Dropbox definitely succeeded in that model. If you can find that kind of that edge, right, where people are like, I have lots of people in this space and if I can get them to sign up, I'm going to get that. That's great. Uh, it's talking about affiliate marketing. One way, some ways people will do that. And some of this is you have to kind of understand the lifetime value of a customer for you before you can make these decisions. But there are some hosts that will like, I'll give you the first year, like the affiliate is the first year fee and or the first three months or whatever the case may be because we know the customer is going to last this long and we're going to make this much money off of them so to give you the first three months doesn't mean anything to us right so you kind of have to but you have to know a little bit better and you may be a little early in this that stage to know what the lifetime value of a customer is to make that kind of that kind of assumption um but i think one one of the what john said is really good right being able to give uh, your current customers more services or something uh, or free, a free month or whatever the case may be for everyone that they sign up. You know, if I can if I can get a free year because I got 12 people to sign up for your service, that's a win for me. Right. So that's yeah. another that is definitely another way of looking at it. Yeah, thanks. A lot of really good ideas. <laughs> I'm taking notes on, on my notepad on this idea. <laughs> We're doing a good job. Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jean, do we have anything else we want to go over? No, I think uh, really for me, I think uh, in general you've done a, a very good job with the site's design at least. Uh, the content needs to be revised, but I think it's not something that's not easily fixed. So uh, that's good. And from the screenshots I'm seeing of the service itself, it seems pretty cool as well as regards to the interface of the panel itself. So yeah, I think personally, I think I would be quite happy and enthusiastic about the service really. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how this is going to develop in the coming months. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too, actually, with all this new um, uh, advice and opinions. So generally, if I can sum this up for myself, first, mm -hmm. it's about the site and about the copywriting and grammar and whatnot yeah. for the site. And then there was a bit about the blog where um, mine designed tweaks to make the RunCloud show more prominent on the blog rather than the little um, release updates and whatnot. And then uh, the email marketing. So I'll, we'll, I'll do that, uh, uh, a bit of email marketing, capture email addresses so that we can get in touch with the prospects again. So a drip email campaign for that as well. And then I believe it's the... Um, pricing model or, or like uh, the the annual subscription offers or something like that so mm -hmm. we'll definitely have a look at that and i think lastly it was the affiliate program yeah so uh, yeah i think that that is really really a lot and thanks you guys for sharing all this yep no absolutely you, and, do, you know mm -hmm. oh, go ahead john uh, i just wanted to know that if you do the one-year deal i wouldn't just offer it on the site i would make partnerships with blogs or something like AppSumo, which have a huge audience because that's where you're gonna you're gonna get the most benefits because if you do it just on your site it will cheapen mm -hmm. the offering in my opinion mm -hmm. yeah plus i will actually i think 
what we can offer is just to our existing customer base, which is not really a lot at this time. Yeah, you want you want to expand that audience as much as you can, but uh, I think you have a lot to work on, and you can you can test a lot of this stuff out, right? You can a lot of times I try to I try to recommend to people always be experimenting. Don't get stuck and think that the way we're doing it is the only way we can do it. I, I'm a, I, I've constantly said about even our own business, what got us here is not going to get us to the next level. And so we have to constantly be experimenting and tweaking. So it may be small experimentations of changing your call to action in your header and seeing, are we getting more emails than signups? Yes, absolutely. Great. Are we converting those emails in, into customers? Already we're seeing a better return on that. So don't be afraid to do some A-B testing on different changes on the site maybe making your the way you categorize your blog making that more pronounced as we talked about uh, but just keep testing and tweaking and you what you'll do is you'll find little incremental changes and they're probably not going to be things that that like five times your signups but they'll they'll be things that increase you by you know one percent two percent five percent over over a period of time and as you continue to keep making those minor tweaks it just those those returns get bigger and bigger so yeah Awesome. Jean, why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, wrap us up? Yeah, as usual, if you like this episode, you can leave a five-star review on iTunes. And as this was the first episode of The Style, if you like The Style, we are happy to do more shows like this one. So we'd love to know if you found it interesting or if you'd like us to do a session with you on your product or service, please go ahead and contact us on podcast at mastermind.fm. And as we wrap up, where can people find you, Dino? Uh, Runcloud.io. Runcloud.io, sorry. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Everyone, please check it out. It's, it's actually really cool. I, I have a feeling if you spend some time on there, you'll come up with all kinds of ideas of things that you can do. So definitely check oh, it out. And if you, have, if you have any ideas on how Runcloud.io can market themselves better or whether... You like the service at all? Please do give us feedback as well. Leave a comment on the show notes of this episode. And that's it for now. You can find me at Jangalea on Twitter and James. You can find me on Twitter at James Laws. Can I have a last word? For, sure. Yes, have the last word, please. Yeah, John, James, uh, I think uh, this is valuable for, for me, for RunCloud.io. Um, not just not just the, the advice and opinions alone. I think those are valuable gems. But also thank you for uh, taking the time to do this show about RunCloud.io. And I think that is also valuable exposure for us. So uh, I think I just want to say thank you and thank you a lot. Oh, well, well, thank you welcome. for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. And I guess to everyone else, we'll see you next time. Yep. See ya.